Okay, Kayleen. Yeah. We, we, we're back. We're back um, at it again. You and I saw The Matrix Resurrections Twice. on December 30th, yeah. 2021, ringing yeah, in did. that New Year's Eve Eve. Yeah. And my first question is, how soon into the movie <laughs> did you get concerned? Ah, yes. A question I didn't see coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bummed. Uh, that I looked at that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I, I thought I was zoomed out far enough that you wouldn't. As if I wouldn't zoom in. I didn't read everything, but I did read that part because I I am slutty. I was thinking about it because I saw this question coming. I don't know. I wasn't trying to be a Debbie Downer. I was trying to give it a chance, even if it was kind of not impressing me. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that kept happening that was just kept bothering me and making me mad and feel like this is probably not going to be good is how many times they had to show us the callbacks, Mm -hmm. because they didn't do that for every single callback. There are some that they just expected me to know, but then there were so many that they showed us. Mm -hmm. That was really disappointing to see. Well, me, when I started to get concerned, was honestly in the first scene. Oh. Now, like you, I was was sort of holding out complete judgment, but Mm -hmm. my brain noted it, and I was thinking, okay... And it was in the first scene where they're watching the recreation of the Trinity's scene. fight scene. Yeah. Yeah, from the first movie. And my immediate thought was, this fight choreography isn't that good. Mm. And the reason I, I didn't go full skeptic on it was, okay, maybe they're doing maybe they're doing something different. Maybe yeah. it's not about the fight scene. Fine, fine, fine. And then new morpheus and bugs Mm -hmm. is a new character talk for five minutes straight in Mm -hmm. the first scene and i'm like okay you're really killing the pacing already Uh uh-oh uh-oh and already doing the explaining stuff not even like a cold open where we just get some cool action Mm -hmm. it's just uh oh i gotta tell them what's going on yeah right into it but i have a brief plot summary and to be honest part of this is pulled from wikipedia okay and then i'm gonna leave it to you to guess when i start to kick it oh okay (laughs) thomas anderson is a successful video game developer creator of the matrix video game series based on his faint memories as neo at a local coffee shop anderson keeps crossing paths with tiffany a married mother with no recollection of her past on which Anderson based Trinity, a character in his game. Anderson struggles at times to separate perceived reality from dreams. His therapist prescribes him blue pills to suppress the occurrences, which he stops taking. Soon, he's thrust back into the Matrix cinematic universe and has to deal with the same shit, but with different people, this time not done nearly as well. Okay. Well... (laughs) It would be hilarious if the twist is that they literally said Matrix Cinematic Universe on Wikipedia. That would be hilarious. But I'm going to guess around there is where you took over. Yeah, that last sentence, okay, is, okay. that's all me. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, good yeah. guess. Good yeah. guess. I win trivia. To build on that, so people who haven't seen the movie just have a little more mm-hmm. context. Neo is a video game developer, but is soon shown that his video, the video game that he quote-unquote created is the new reality of the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And so they've just used the previous movies. They've turned the previous movies into a video game. Yeah. So he believes that is his new reality. Right. He's woken up. There's 
More also, like <laughs> Matrix drama. I'm sorry, but already being a nitpicky bitch over here, we see clips of the quote video game in the movie. They're cutscenes. Right. Which makes Allegedly. sense. Allegedly. But then you're telling me that you had the game designer and the girl from the coffee shop acting in this video game? Like, I don't... That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, they look exactly the same. How do they look exactly the same if it's a cut scene with actors, you know? I have a whole list of things, but yeah, let's let's hold off on that for a second. <laughs> I have a section that's just touching on the predictions that we made. Oh, yeah. At the end of our previous episode, mm-hmm. which we made a lot of correct ones. I I went back and listened to that part, too, because I wanted to take some notes on um, just like some of the stuff we said so I could go into my rewatch of Resurrections with some ideas of what to look for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, I actually said a lot of right stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like we were we were both completely right about like the blue, like you saying he's taking all those blue pills and me saying Neil Patrick Harris is wearing blue glasses. Mm-hmm. Like we were right about him trying to keep him in the Matrix. I think you even said something about Jonathan Groff being like a replacement Smith. And then I said it would be weird to see him fighting. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we were we were pretty right. So these are some of the things that we said previously. Yeah. We said Neo has been reinserted into the Matrix. Mm-hmm. That is correct. A new Matrix has been created for him. That's pretty much correct. correct, yeah. But it gets, well, when we talk about lore, we'll talk <laughs> yeah. about why that's a little confusing. Trinity is truly dead. That was right. not correct, but. I mean, she she was she, until she wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like this movie's existence. New Morpheus is old Morpheus's and Niobe's baby. That was your prediction. Honestly, pissed that's not how they, the, the way that it went was so stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it well, should have been what I said. I think it could have been a combo where Niobe is using Morpheus's avatar. Yeah. But it's different. Yeah. And we'll get into yeah, we'll why get into that's that. better. Lawrence Fishburne would have a cameo, which in a sense in, uh, in old the footage, footage. Yeah, in old footage <laughs> yeah. that they reuse, he does. They would put Jada in old age makeup. They'd, I don't know. I was surprised I said that. And that was before they released the second trailer yeah. where they show her. So yeah. we were right on that. We didn't know who the antagonist is, but we speculated that Jonathan Groff would be. We also said it could be the same movie again. And then I ended the episode by by saying, that's all, folks, which is a unintentional reference to Bugs being like Bugs Bunny. True. Uh, So (laughs) you also said you said something (laughs) like maybe it'll be a metaphor about how we need to get off our phones. If only they do it in a non cheesy way. (laughs) <laughs> mm. Coincidentally, you took notes on your phone the second time you watched it. Yeah. So the critique didn't work. No, it, it, didn't, it didn't set in. The Matrix didn't take. Nope. So before we get into a discussion, I just have a question for you. And after watching the movie the second time, I really, I watched a couple of reviews. I tried to read as much as possible just uh-huh. to gauge what other people thought. Because there yeah. was, there is kind of a divide. There's... People who say that it's a brilliant original take. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people like the Corridor Boys, yeah. who I don't know if you listen to their podcast. I didn't. But they, one of the things that, obviously, they're really disappointed. But one of the things they say is that they felt a lot of the choices just come off as mean. Like the movie was made with mean intentions to just... What do you mean? Like it's so disrespectful to the original oh, yeah. that it just comes off as mean. Yeah. And if you don't like it, then fuck you. That's your yeah. your problem. How do you feel about that? Uh, 
I don't I don't really get that vibe. I guess it's a little silly in the beginning when they're like it makes it oh Warner Brothers told us we have to make another game. I'm mm. like, all right, can we chill it out? I don't know. It doesn't seem mean to me. Also, just because so many of the original people are involved, I don't feel like it's a... I don't think they're trying to be mean or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I also didn't hear the podcast, so... We'll, we'll touch upon some of those points. But um, my next number is just talking about various stuff that doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. How are your notes structured? Um, I have a couple different sections, but they're pretty much chronological... From my rewatch. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of it is just questions about stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So starting off, I have uh, The Matrix as a video game. Mm-hmm. The more I thought about it, and something that we also brought up at the end of our previous episode, as a guess about what this movie was mm-hmm. going to be, something I had read about was... In the, the world, in the world of the movie, the movies right. exist. Like he would be playing Keanu or something. Yes. Yeah. And I think that is bet that makes more sense. It does make more than sense. a video game. It would have just been the same thing that Wes Craven did with New Nightmare. Yeah. The, the Freddy movie, which was a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just do that, and then you don't have the. There's just a lot of hurdles they have to jump over because they made it a video game, that are unnecessary. Yeah. Like a lot of stuff they have to explain away because they decided to go with the video game. You're you're telling me what what is the gameplay of the video game? Yeah. If the movies the if the trilogy is all cutscenes. Right. It just makes me confused. Yeah. And then it would the part where he says our parent company Warner Brothers. That Right? Now just imagine if that was Hugo Weaving too and he was saying Keanu, they want us to get back and do another one. Yeah. Then that level of meta would have worked better for me. Yeah. Already a strike against the movie. Second off, we have Morpheus is a program, Mm -hmm. but he's a program within something that... A modal. Yeah. Which is never really explained. And when I Googled modal in, in reference to games... Maybe I just didn't Google hard enough, but it just described it as like when you're playing a game and a screen pops up, mm-hmm. like a tinier screen, and the game is still behind it, but you have to do stuff on that tiny screen. Mm-hmm. That's what it described a modal as, which doesn't really answer our question. No, not at all. So in the context of the movie, just for listeners' yeah. benefit, Thomas Anderson is running a program for AI to become self-aware. And he's doing that with this new Morpheus, which is a combo of old Morpheus and Agent Smith characteristics. And this is the first 15 minutes of the movie. Somehow Bugs is able to hack into this mini game within the Matrix. It almost seems how it came across is it's almost like a test game Mm -hmm. within his game for like creating more game or something. I guess. That's what it seemed like, but they don't really, they do a lot of exposition dumping, but then they don't tell us what it means. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They like make up a bunch of new terms and they explain them to us, but then they didn't really explain them to us. It's essentially, we needed an excuse to do something. Right. And we're just going to create this thing and not. See, that's so, okay. So this is a time, I guess, to talk about the Morpheus thing. That's why it even goes further. Like they have to explain why he doesn't look like Lawrence Fishburne. Mm -hmm. So they have the whole modal business. But then they also are like, well, fuck, if he's a program... 
he can't be in the real world. So they invent this entire thing just for just for that reason where there's like the beads Mm -hmm. because there's the other bead guy, too. But I'm like, they only included him so that the only bead guy wasn't Morpheus. And they could have just made him, especially since they aged everybody up, they could have just made him the son. And then we don't have to explain a modal and then we don't have to explain why he's a bead man. Mm hmm. One of my concerns with it being Niobe and Morpheus's son is because of the age. But since they've, they're have they so far in the future, yeah. it would have worked. I know. <laughs> and then on top of that, Bugs is able to pull him out of the modal? Right. So I'm just confused. There's so it, many layers. Adding to my confusion is the <laughs> fact that he looks like he's having a life because you know he's in his bathroom more new morpheus is in the bathroom and he sees the matrix code going down his mirror so if he's an agent right do agents really go home and like take showers no they shouldn't (laughs) i didn't think they did their original purpose was to just catch don't they just wear suits 24 hours a day yeah (laughs) they 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 weren't people they weren't programs they were matrix police yeah so why is he having a life it's very strange that's my confusion with that. Do yeah. you have more? No, that's it on that, on the Morpheus shit. My next note is the new cast who don't really leave an impression. No, they don't, they don't get a lot of screen time because Neo and Trinity, well, okay, the new cast of people in the real world don't leave an impression. Neil Patrick Harris does a lot. Jonathan Groff does a lot. No one on the ship matters. Pretty much. I guess Bugs would be the ne- next she, person yeah, in line, but other than that... I barely remember what I, they look I like. I can't even name... What are their names? I don't know. I, I literally don't know. I know there's the girl... I can describe her outfit. I thought her outfit was sick. Mm-hmm. The other girl. You don't really get a sense that they're fighting for something. No. There's, there's no outer world stakes, which I mean... The real world stuff in the original trilogy is nobody's favorite part, but right. at least you get the vibe of... Okay, we're all fighting against the machines. Zion is in peril at all times. Well, they were like, we hit ourselves so well, we just don't even have to worry about them anymore. I guess you're looking for Neo because it's Neo, but you seem to have a good life. Just why don't you just stay and hang out? Yeah. They they seem to have things figured out. Yeah. Also, when they talk about that, when Niobe like kind of describes what happened, it's so surface level. She says something like, um, see if I can dig through my notes and find it. Aha. She says, the peace between the machines didn't last. That's that's all that they say about it, though. So it's like they, they found this peace with the machines that we saw at the end of the third movie. And then they just explain it away in one line. Oh, it didn't last. Cool. So what those. was the point, then, of getting peace at all? If you're like going to write it off in one line. Mackenzie Davis's character. What was the thing where it's like, don't think about it from Terminator Dark Fate, where she, she was on her own for a while. Yeah. And you're like, wait, but how? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she I, was. I semi-remember us she talking was. about that. Yeah. Just don't think <laughs> oh, about it. Oh, how did she survive? Is yeah. what we were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she, she was like, it was really tough those few years. Anyway. <laughs> cool. That's screenwriting exactly. for you. This is a branching off of the new cast. Neil Patrick Harris is the analyst. He is 
Neo's therapist, but he's also the man behind the curtain making sure that Neo stays in the Matrix. Right. And he ultimately, you find out, is the perpetrator. And the reason that Neo and Trinity have been brought back to life and reinserted, Mm -hmm. because apparently they produce a lot of energy. Right. And he says... Sexual energy. Yes. And in uh, Zion rave sex energy. Theirs was the best. Yes. Of the sex. But that's that's why they've been reanimated and reinserted. Resurrected, you mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good term. What's weird about his character is that he has a lot of personality for being of the machines. Yeah. He's Neil Patrick Harris, and he's I saying- I mean, so did the Merovingian. <laughs> yeah, but he was a program. Isn't Neil Patrick Harris a program? No, he's he's the Matrix- He's supposed to be like the new deus? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's my impression anyways. Okay. After two viewings, I still didn't know what to make of it. And th- this is this is where the whole expansion, you start to, it starts to not make sense because you right. have programs, then you have the agents, and you have the architect. And I, I lump the analyst in with them yeah. who are the matrix. Anyways, he says stuff like, I've been paid a lot of money to keep you guys in the Matrix. Right. It's like, what the fuck are you talking from, about? From who? What? <laughs> you don't have a life? Yeah. You're a machine. Yeah. You are you just exist to survive if you're a machine. There's, no, there, there's nothing else for you to do. Kill and survive. I don't get it. Also, the problem with... I understand that they wanted to have a big villain monologue and reveal all that good junk... But the problem with that is that up until that point, how many fucking times did I turn to you and say, Trinity's dead, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It makes it seem like the movie is retconning because they make us wait for half the movie to find out that they... That's the problem with a sequel is you don't know if you should trust them because so many sequels do dismiss things from earlier movies that on a first watch, it kind of made it hard to enjoy because I was just thinking they were trying to change stuff so you were you were confused about why trinity was still yes. alive yeah okay because she's dead but then halfway through the movie they explained that they resurrected them and i was like okay so you weren't retconning you just didn't tell me yeah because it's supposed to be a twist i guess and not only were they at least from the scene in the movie it looks like they were literally rebuilt molecule by molecule right which is so we need to make we need to make the movie happen. So, yeah, that's what happened. That's how we did it. And another write-off? Somehow Palpatine returned. <laughs> right. <laughs> A write-off similar with the building them molecule by molecule is they gave Neo a really cool feature with his blind sight in the third movie. And I understand that might be more difficult to write for or you have to be more creative but they were like, oh, well, since we're resurrecting him, we'll just fix his eyes. That's Who cares about that's that That's this plot? whole movie in a nutshell is... We need this, so fuck this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's always the easiest fix. They don't take a few seconds to think of a better way to work it out. Building off of the cast, yeah. I have Jonathan Groff as Smith. Now, I love Jonathan Groff, but I do not like his performance in this really? movie. Really? Not at I all. I feel the exact opposite. He's like my favorite part of the movie. Is he really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why? Interesting. I just love it. I think his over the top stuff like goes hand in. It's not It's not a mimicry of Hugo's performance, like the way that Ian Bliss does it, because Ian Bliss has to mm-hmm. do it. 
but it still feels like it's the same energy like this almost like cartoonish you know when he's like puts his eyebrows down and does the smile the first time that we see that he's smith i thought it was great Mm -hmm. i really like how exaggerated it is yeah i just never felt like he was smith and it's it's so funny that we have an example that in my opinion works with ian bliss's performance which I feel like it's Hugo weaving in someone oh, else's yeah. body. That's for sure. I never felt the same way with Groff. That's fair. I don't know. But then there's a, there's another line I wrote down where they, because they don't want to tell us why he looks. Okay. When we see Ian Bliss play the character. I made the, the choosiest <laughs> choice that ever chosen. When Ian Bliss plays his character, there's an explanation that we understand. We watched it happen of why he's in a new body. Mm-hmm. But in this one, they needed to, you know, have a line to write it away. And so. Was there a line? There was. I wrote it down. It said, it's someone looking at the matrix code in the ship. And they say, his code is freaky. He's like an agent, but not. I'm like, great. But does Thank Gro- you for explaining. Does Groff Smith ever say anything like... I'm, just- I'm Smith? <laughs> no, he he does say that. Yeah. Does he say anything trying to explain it? Like, no. when they brought me back online, they made me more attractive. And oh, they do. And they do. Remember now. he says, but I think they went a little overboard with the piercing blue eyes. Remember? I do remember that <laughs> now that you say that. <laughs> Which was kind of funny, to be honest. I just hate it. It doesn't bother me because I think they didn't want him to be doing a replicated performance, but it also does bother me because they explain away his not replicated performance with silly shit. Yeah, Smith would never say shit like that. Yeah. Well, he's. <laughs> I have to take it back to you, but this is a dead end. Yeah, well. <laughs> my piercing blue eyes. He would not say my piercing blue eyes. I don't know. Eyes. He would not. <laughs> And then him and Neo make out. (laughs) (laughs) On my rewatch of it, I was actually surprised about how much I was enjoying it. The first act, anyways. Mm. I don't have a problem with them bringing Neo back. I don't either. I I don't don't at all. I like the idea of Groff being Smith Mm -hmm. and them just being such in close proximity. And as the illusion starts to break down... Mm -hmm. When Morpheus shows up at the office, Groff realizes he's Smith and does the Mr. Anderson. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. And I like how Neil Patrick Harris brings him back with the ring of the bell. So there's there's some things that work yeah. for me building up to it. It's, Agreed. It's just where they go with it. And again, just in that scene... There were just, I can't believe how many over-the-top parts they didn't trust me to understand. When they go, Mr. Anderson, and they show flashes of Hugo. I'm like, who the fuck else would it be? Obviously. And then it made me think of something really funny, which is spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. Hey guys, Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers coming at you. I'm going to put a timestamp into the notes of this episode so you can skip ahead. But you have 10, 9, 8... Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. To skip ahead. Can you imagine if, like, when Andrew Garfield walked out of the thing, they showed clips from his fucking movie, and then in the scene when, like, he catches MJ, they show the scene of fucking Gwen falling? We get, we know how to 
we know how to watch a movie. Yeah. We came here. I'm sorry, but if you come to a sequel and you haven't seen the previous movies, that's your fault. You're going to miss some stuff. Yeah. They should trust that I'm going to know what the fuck they're talking about. Well, and who would see this movie without ha- having seen a previous Matrix movie? You've I don't at least think... seen the first. You've at least seen the first. Yeah. And then I think you understand Mr. Anderson. Right. Yeah. No one else says that. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to say what happens in the rest of the plot. Mm-hmm. Once um, Neo is reawoken by our new ragtag group of people who aren't very memorable, yeah, it becomes a plot to save Trinity because she's also been rebuilt. And it literally becomes a heist movie of trying to <laughs> get Trinity out of the Matrix. That's true, yeah. And then the movie... So here's what we're going to do. yeah. And Neil Patrick Harris, as the analyst, says, look, you can't take her. You guys are just too valuable. And Neo says, okay, it's going to be her choice. If she doesn't want to come, then I'll go back into the Matrix. And she chooses to go with Neo. And then they're both, she's reawoken into the real world. And then they fly off into the Matrix to do whatever they want. Right. That's, That's the rest of the plot, just for anyone who's not on board. We're brought to my next point. The robots now work in conjunction with the humans. Oh, my robot babies. Bebes. Shebebes. <laughs> I wrote the, down the names. Did you? No. I did. I wanted to say it. It's, uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? It's Whizzler, Tranix, and... <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's Sebebe, Octocles, and Luminict, and then later they meet, where is he? Hujaku. Hujaku's cute. Sebebe is hilarious. I can't fucking believe they call him that. And they talk to him the most. Mm -hmm. They're like, grab Sebebe. We're going to save Trinity. I guess it's kind of the logical continuation of robots having free will. And we talked about this a little bit in our previous episode because the robots enslaved humanity because they were starting to become Mm self-aware and humanity was shutting that shit down. And so it's a logical continuation of where as the robots realize that they themselves are the oppressors they join with the human humans yeah in practice it feels and looks silly especially Mm. when you name them sebebe what were the other names octocles octocles and luminict did you google these names are they a reference to something oh after no i didn't google them i totally agree i feel like it makes sense to have robot characters that are part of the group but just give them normal names, I guess. And also, it kind of, they didn't really utilize it, so it didn't really bother me that much, but it did kind of rub me the wrong way when I saw, I think it's Octocles, maybe it's Luminict, I don't know. One of the, the little one. I was like, oh God, they're going to do a whole like, I'm little and cute machine. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to be like the silly sidekick, but they didn't really do that, which is nice. Now they're he just, does fist bump once. They're just there. Yeah. Sebebe helps. But then they go find a new they pull, one. They pull Neo out, and then they need to use Hunjaku. I think it was. I think it was Hujaku. Where'd it go? Which is uh, Hujaku, Sati's yeah. BFF. Yeah. My most damning note, I Ooh. think, is poor action. Poor action. Very poor action. Weirdly, after seeing it the first time, I was like, okay, I think maybe my favorite scene, action-wise, was the fight with Jonathan Groff. Then when I saw it the second time, I was like, I think I just remembered that one because I liked his performance. But that fight actually is lame. 
No, none of the hand-to-hand fights are good. There's no story there. And he keeps using that force field, which just takes the energy out of every fight. Because, again, what you're doing is writing it away. Rather than thinking, I have to come up with good choreography to finish this fight, you just give Neo a little push force field, and it ends every fucking fight. It's really confusing, especially with a filmmaker who has three of the best American martial arts films on the resume. It's really confusing. And it's doubly so because of the John Wick movies. Yes. Keanu still can do... I love the choreography in the John Wick movies. Yeah. So he can still do the stuff. Yeah. But I guess the story of Neo and Trinity re-escaping can't be conveyed in fight choreography. so they So they don't do it. They also didn't really give her mm, any fighting no she does her signature scorpion kick but that's that's fan service it could have been them fighting together to get out maybe there could have even been some clever like you know how in some movies with really good fight choreography where like people kind of help each other to like kick a villain or whatever Mm -hmm. stuff like that where they're working as a team to beat people up my enjoyment of the film probably would have gone up had the action scenes been better well because that's what we always said about the second and third when we did our last episode is no matter how many times the exposition dump and they lose me and the merovingian makes a fucking cum cake i'm still watching the chateau fight and being like oh my gosh that's so cool yeah or the the freeway chase exactly yeah there's still interesting stuff to watch that is memorable and there's nothing there's there's really not there's it's, it's sad, it's confusing, because I like the idea of the kind of monsters inking all over the world, because they get on the yeah. train in Tokyo. Yeah. Do something with that. Oh, Don't, I see. Like, be, of, yeah, be yeah. jumping through doors. Make it a chase scene. They do that in Marvel with all the portals. Yeah. On the visual effects side, mm-hmm. there's some that are very poor. Yeah. Like the train itself. I like I did fake. I watched all the videos you sent me so I watched the corridor crew video but I didn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, the yeah. the the train doesn't look great. The outside doesn't look great. I really don't like the the new dojo scene. Also, okay, if you're going to bring that up, the motivation behind the whole scene doesn't make any fucking sense. All of a sudden Morpheus is like, "Well, if you don't fight me hard enough, I guess you don't love Trinity, so I'm going to kill you." In the original movie, doesn't he choose to keep fighting? Mm-hmm. He's like excited about it and says, no, I want to keep fighting. And then he overpowers Morpheus. Yeah. Because he willed it to be so. And this one, Morpheus is just being a dick and is like, well, if you can't beat me up, I guess you're a fucking loser. Was it trying to, I don't think it was, but Neo wasn't down in the dumps or anything. And he was trying to inspire a, something out of right. him. And yeah. then he just does his force powers. And then he just does his force powers again. There's seriously like four or five fights that end with force powers. <laughs> but one one thing I will say, not not all the fe- effects are poor. There are, yeah. I thought all the hovercraft stuff mm-hmm. and the pod stuff looks pretty good. Showing them being reanimated is gorgeous, honestly. Yeah, it's it's so sharp, sometimes distractingly so, but Should we talk about that other video? We can. <laughs> I wanted to know your opinion on if you like how sharp it is. What Kayleen is referencing is this YouTube channel who is really into formats did a video about 
the age-old debate of digital versus film. And what he comes away with is it really depends on the project. Yeah. Pick some things serve things well, some don't. And what he was talking about is, is the highest resolution possible the end-all be-all of movies? Of movies? Is this high resolution equate to quality? And it does not. Right. There are some points in the movie where it doesn't bother me. Like when they're in the real world on the hovercraft, I don't know why it needs to be that sharp. And that's where I'm most distracted. That is exactly how I feel. There are some lines even when they're in the Matrix. There are some lines they have like when they're looking out the window at the sky in Jonathan Groff's office. He Mm -hmm. says something like, it's it's so beautiful it must be fake that i feel like warrants it being so high res that it almost looks fake and then when they're in the matrix it should be different or sorry when they're in the real world it should be different Mm -hmm. because that's the real world it's not supposed to look the same no it it should look different and then the other thing that distracted me a lot is the change in frame rate Oh. In some of the action scenes, the only one I can think of right now is the one in the restaurant at the end. Right. Where the final confrontation between the yeah. analyst and the team is it starts to look like it's it's so crisp and HD. It starts to look, have that soap opera yes, effect. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was a problem with the Hobbit movies. You do want to have that separation of, okay, this is a real life event. It's like I'm there. I don't necessarily want to feel that with movies yeah. all the time. And it drew me out. Other times, I thought it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So I think it sometimes serves the story and sometimes doesn't in the way that they used it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. How do you feel about tone with this movie? Hmm. And the, the thing that I think of most and was one of my, oh, no, was... Uh, the people who work at the video game company oh, just being yeah. so fucking obnoxious. Yeah. I mean, what's the, the dude's name? The friend? Yeah. Like his the actor's name? The, no, the main the main guy who's bugging him and is like the most obnoxious fanboy. He, and they tell him, don't trust ta- him. Don't trust him. I know who you're him. talking about. Like he goes to coffee with him. Yeah. But I don't remember his name. It, it really does feel like... 2022 version of the matrix yeah which clashes with the vibe of the original trilogy Mm -hmm. and maybe that's maybe that's just me being so okay a geezer but it's like certain certain things shouldn't be said in certain worlds like in the force awakens one of my biggest nitpicks is finn asks ray do you have a cute boyfriend is the word boyfriend exist in star wars (laughs) it's such a little thing but it's like it shouldn't be there yeah oh gosh okay hold on what i just lost my train of thought what were you just saying before that oh about the oh wow there it goes bye was it about fanboys i don't know no it was it might have just been something i don't know it's gone maybe it'll come back do you think the montage of them trying to pitch matrix four and it's it's like Different employees coming up. No, the I Matrix what is it about crypto fascism. <laughs> it's about trans rights. It's about yeah. bullet time. I, I remembered my thing. Oh, okay. It was just that you were saying about um, the tone of like all those friends being off. And what it made me think of is how so many movies that are, quote, meta, think that all it takes to be meta is just being so overtly pointing out 
things about your old movie or pointing out that you're in a movie is just going to be funny or interesting or clever. Mm -hmm. And there has to be a sense of style to it. And I don't really know where the line is. It's kind of one of those, what did Adrian always say? Like, it's like porn. You know it when you see it. It's kind of like that, where there's a line where meta works and when it doesn't. And this movie, it was just so... Those people saying all that shit was like, that's where you cross the line. Well, how do you feel about the... You said you watched all the videos I sent you? Yes. Did you watch the one that was like... I thought Matrix Resurrections was beautiful because now do you think that montage where those people are saying what they think the Matrix is about? Yeah. Is it saying the Matrix is all of those things or is it dismissing what people love the Matrix, what they love it for? And it's actually this story about trans people. I think what's cool about that part, or at least how I took it, is... It means all those things. It's a movie. You're supposed to fucking talk about it and mm. like have differing opinions. That's yeah. how I took it. <laughs> now, do you think the movie dismisses people's love for... No, no, I don't think so. Is that what the quarter crew people were talking about? No, I'm okay. just I'm just curious because... Yeah. I don't want to think that because that seems Cynical. like a bad way to make a movie, like just to tell people they were wrong or to tell people their opinions are bad. <laughs> You Wait would hope that's not the motivation. Alienate a fan base. Yeah. It's like J.K. Rowling saying what Harry Potter actually is. Mm. It's like, no, you don't You don't yeah. get to take, take yeah. it from us. I do think it's quite funny, though, like this idea that there's all these fucking fight club loving boys out there who are like, the Matrix is so sick and it means all these things. And Lana Wachowski's over there like, um, I'm trans. So... <laughs> No, I know. (laughs) And there, even even if I don't know for a fact, I don't know. I haven't like looked up interviews to see how much she has said is overtly symbolic. But of course, some of it must have been subconsciously symbolic. Mm -hmm. She was going through a thing. It can't be dismissed altogether. Yeah, for sure. Poor fanboys, they're so sad. Well, if this movie had been better, I mean. Well, so okay, so. I really liked that video and all the guy's points, but my problem with it is that a lot of the points he made exist in the first movie. So I'm like, well, that that might be true, and that's a really strong argument. Like, for example, using someone's dead name, like calling him Thomas Anderson when his true identity is Neo. Mm -hmm. That's dope. That's a great comparison, but that existed in 1999. It wasn't, like, made for Resurrections. Therefore, yeah. I don't give this movie any credit. I really like that video, too. And I, I really like the points that he makes. Yeah. But it just fails for me because the plot and the world of the movie doesn't make sense. No. It's yeah. like you have this beautiful looking table. Yeah. But the legs are twigs. I think that they are twigs. <laughs> They're pine needles. Yeah. Um, like that's not going to. that It doesn't funny. hold up. The, the top is beautiful. But yeah. It, well, that's the thing, too, is it's or it's a table that was put together with a bunch of pieces of like beautiful material, but you bought the wrong glue and it can't hold it together. Like there's a lot of things in this movie that I think are good, but it's not a good movie. That's I like I think that's a good summary sentence of my feelings. I just have a general note that says lore. Mm-hmm. And I guess you can you can lump all that modal shit in there. You can lump the robots working in harmony with the humans. Yeah. There's the swarm. Can we talk about the fucking exiles? Why were they a part of this? Oh, just so was... that just so Merv could be like, I'm French and I'm back. The second time I watched the movie, I had subtitles on just so yeah. I could try to 
absorb everything. Yeah. And his dialogue is so bad. It's... Okay, I I was kind of fired up about him being like, the 90s were the place to be. Everyone was into art and culture and we were amazing and now everyone's on their phones and Mm -hmm. it's your fault, Neo. (laughs) I was like, Jesus. Well, he, He says something like... Warner Brothers should give me a reboot in 2020. Did he say that? He says something like that. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. They shouldn't have been there at all. It was super weird. Did we know the other no. exiles? Okay. The second time I was I was squinting, thinking, like are we they the people from the to. Chateau fight? Yeah. Have we seen them before? But no. Okay. They're cool. just a thing. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's the swarm now, mm-hmm. which is... Kind of cool in theory. I really, really like when he uses it to make like people bombs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that part's fucking cool. That's sort of the consensus is really? a lot of people don't like the action, but the one action yeah. they do like is people cool. jumping. It is cool. And scary. And I, I actually like that chase yeah. the second time more because mm-hmm. I, I know what it is. Yeah. And I thought it was beautiful looking. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing with the swarm. If everyone is a drone that can be just turned on and t- attacked, attack at one point, is everyone now in their own matrix or are all the other real people somewhere else and Neo and Trinity are just in this San Francisco sandbox? It seemed implied to me that there are real people here. Maybe the swarm is more like Loki taking over your body. So like you still exist in there. It's like the sunken place maybe. Maybe okay. you don't even remember it after it happens. If those swarm people who are splatting yeah, I think after... they just fucking die. Are they dying? That's what my interpretation was. Because then Smith had taken over the barista yeah. too. They don't explain. They don't explain. I, I was assuming just because it seems kind of... I mean, these movies can do whatever they want. Obviously, they have. But it seems a little insane to me to have a Matrix where literally Neo and Trinity are the only real people. And they're only going to change that Matrix at the end. Yeah. Also because... But I guess it kind of explains... Okay. A big beef I have, because it could have been so much meatier and more interesting, is if her family was anything to her. She, like, has a husband and kids that she presumably had a whole fake Matrix life with, and yet she feels no connection to them. Mm -hmm. Takes her all of five seconds to decide to leave them. I wish that had been a real family and a real struggle she had to make of, like, how do I abandon what I've created in this fake world? But but she didn't create it. It was created for her. So when she realizes that it's all fake... But there's, like, no part of her that is saddened. His name's Chad. Didn't she still have to give birth to those fake babies? (laughs) That would be funny if someone is traumatized by the life they had to live under a simulation. All I know is that when I eat this steak, (laughs) the Matrix tells my brain. Yeah. How do you feel about the, I guess, scenes where Neil Patrick Harris as the analyst slows things down? I think they thought it's they were bullet being, time 2.0. I know. I think they thought they were being really cool. Like it was just going to blow my mind out mm-hmm. of my head. <laughs> <laughs> this whole movie, a lot of the things, a lot of my thoughts, they're just off. There are some things where I can't explain it and it's just off, mm-hmm. which is part of why I love watching corridor crew videos because often when I watch CGI, I'm like something about that is off and I wish I could say what. 
And then they'll be like, oh, well, his jacket doesn't have enough ripples, so it looks like clay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that was what I was noticing, but not knowing that. I didn't know how to articulate it. So that's how I feel about that scene. It yeah. looks weird, and I don't like it. I like the, again, I like the idea yeah. of it and him just appropriating something that was established in the previous movies for his own purposes. I like that and him mocking Neo for it. I think it's the exposition dump that happens at the same time where he explains why he's holding them hostage. Yeah. But again, I like... It's it's frustrating. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Because he he freezes Neo and Trinity and he picks up the gun and he fires it. And then he walks as the bullet's going over. He puts an apple in front of it. There's cool things. Mm -hmm. And then he pushes the bullet out of the way. It's there's cool ideas. It's it's just so fucking lame. Yeah. Also, because everything he's explaining is lame, too. Yeah. It's not even just that the writing is lame, like what he's explaining is lame. Can you imagine if it was just <laughs> there there's a couple different scenarios. Neil Patrick Harris performs the role in the same way as the architect from the second movie, mm, so mm-hmm. completely dry and yeah, but same exact same lines and stuff, but without that Neil Patrick Harris enthusiasm. Right. Flip side, instead of the architect in the second movie, it's Neil Patrick Harris just being <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. I like that idea. Uh, bullet time. I like Deja Vu the cat. I love Deja Vu the cat. <laughs> that part is cute. And I like how he's just like in the the coffee shop at the end too. Mm-hmm. Last note I have is the girl power ending. Mm. Ooh, that... Pfft. This is a little bit of a discussion note, again, because it's got that essence of why? Why is this not working? I wrote, what makes the McFly punch work and not the my name is Trinity? And what I mean by that is I was trying to think of a moment really works on the way they thought that that would work. And a moment for me that really works is in Back to the Future when Biff is cackling at George McFly and he's gaining the power and the courage to punch him. Mm -hmm. And he does. And it's like... It makes me cry because I love it so much and it's so powerful. Why does something like that work? And when they try to do it here with her turning around and saying, my name is Trinity, there's even the beat for it and it doesn't hit. Mm -hmm. Is it because the buildup was bad? Yeah. Do you think that's it? I was going to say because the foundation was poor. Yeah. Because the the twigs holding up the table aren't good, (laughs) Kayleen. So then when you try to break the twigs in like an exciting, dramatic way, they... They don't really. Mm-hmm. They were already broken twigs. I slightly disagree with you about that scene. When you and I saw the movie, Neo and Trinity have their first scene in the coffee shop. I mm-hmm. think you leaned over and said, this is the most chemistry I did, and ever. I think that. Yeah, and I, th- I think this is the most successfully emotional the Matrix movies Agreed. have been. Yeah. The moment where they're reaching for each other at the end in the restaurant. Yeah. But that's after, isn't that is it? It is after. Yeah. So maybe... I, I'd have to see it again. Okay. That part works for me. I don't know how successful the My Name is Trinity yeah. is. Well, I, I think why it didn't work too is because, like I said, it didn't feel like a struggle for her to choose her family. She was like, that's obvious. I love them so much. Obviously, I'm choosing my family. And then like five seconds later, has this whole 180 where she realizes that's not what she wants. Mm-hmm. And then so her saying My Name is Trinity, it didn't feel like there were stakes. Maybe that's what it was. It didn't feel like there were stakes. It felt like that's my fake family. I'm dumping them. Fuck them. I don't care about them. There's never really danger. I wrote Palpable another... danger. 
Another thing I picked up out of re-listening to our podcast about the first three is you mentioned the second movie not having a ticking clock and that being a disservice. Same thing with this movie. There's nothing that I'm waiting for. There was no reason for them to save Neo. There was no like imminent danger for him. There is imminent, in quotes, danger for Trinity because Neil Patrick Harris said he'll kill her. But like when? It doesn't just, seem like I they're in any big hurry to get back. No, I don't buy it yeah. that much. Yeah, there really was no reason to wake up Neo aside from... <laughs> He's the one. Yeah. But the one for what? Like in the first movie, they have a war to win. They're going to die without... Or like live in on a ship, on a shitty ship forever. That's why they go get him. She just wanted to meet him. I just because, wanted to meet my no, idol. Bugs, seriously, no, yeah. Bugs saw him jumping and I guess that had a profound impact yeah. on her. I don't know. But the girl power ending I was referring to yeah. is when they, it's the last scene where they oh, confront the, the analyst. Part. Well, Neil Patrick Harris, she punches him. Oh, that part. Got and it. he's like, put a leash on your woman. And then... What? I don't I don't huh? know what the fuck was up with that scene at all. And it kept going. He just kept like being a misogynist and then she kept hitting him. I was like, what the f- what is this? It's really weird. It totally clashes with yeah. it, A it clashes with the the movie itself because yeah. there's as flawed as it is, there's nothing <laughs> as overt. He's not that kind of villain to just be like, get your bitch on a leash. Like, whoa, where'd that come from? Yeah. When are it, you sexist all of a sudden? No, it feels like a work training video is like, how? Right, right, right. <laughs> Something I did think was kind of cool. And the only reason I wrote it down was like for a different kind of talking point. And then I was like, ooh, that's like kind of a sick full circle thing is when she describes in that chemistry coffee shop scene, mm -hmm. when she describes that really like heartbreaking thing of um i think it's showing her husband the no, video she, game right? yeah and he he laughs at her yeah that whole that whole part and she says i wish i could have just kicked him in the face and broken his jaw off and she does that to neil patrick harris mm. that's pretty cool but then she also slits his throat and like punch it's fucking stupid yeah i felt like i was watching american horror story or yeah some, yeah same same sort of tone ryan murphy did he direct this yeah <laughs> That's it for my general notes. My next question is, can you say something nice about the movie? But do you have anything else you want to add or discuss? Ooh, I wanted to talk about the acting. Yes. I had a really interesting point and it made me laugh so hard when I realized this. Remember when we were talking about the Sex and the City reboot the other day? And I said, I just had this thought about something else, some other reboot. And I can't remember what it is. It was this. Mm -hmm. I wrote this note in the theater that both with the Sex and the City reboot and with this movie, I feel like one of the big downfalls of the acting is that the actors are trying to be who they were 20 years ago. And like the essence of you is going to be the same, but like your mannerisms and the way you talk and the way you interact with other people shouldn't stay the same. It felt a lot like mostly from Keanu, like he was trying to mimic his performance when he can just be like, be the old version of the character. Or just be natural, which is basically what he does with John Wick. He's just kind of chatting like a guy. And in this, it felt like an Im impression of his, like an impersonation of his old self. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it just felt like, ugh. I think Keanu's performance in this movie is kind of poor. Yeah. Especially in the bathroom scene where Morpheus makes an appearance. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, honey. <laughs> no, no, yeah. There's just something about... 
he kind of moves his arms in a weird way and like what are you talking about and i'm like that's the I've emphasis seen, i've seen you have interviews you're a normal guy can you talk normal i i've sh- i've shared this before but i i think i have a theory that i don't i don't think he has a good performance in him anymore because mm. it's not like the john wick movies are emotionally taxing yeah but it's the same sort of stoic thing with emphasis here and there and it doesn't come off as real yeah and i don't know if that's just who he is now mm-hmm. as an actor it made me curious how i because when i watched john wick 3 i didn't think anything of it so now i'm like maybe i need to go back and what was he doing in that one that was normal? Anytime there's a serious scene, yeah. which those are the worst scenes in John Wick, uh-huh. where he's like, have them all come for me. Mm. I'm going to kill them all. Same sort of... I know I know exactly what you're... Like the gruffness. Yeah. He gets like a gruffness to be, to be badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't used to do that. Yeah. I think I I think his performance in the Matrix One is great. Him crying in Matrix Revolutions when Trinity dies is we good. were so impressed by that. His performance in the Neon Demon. I like oh, that. Oh god. He's he's good in that, <laughs> I genuinely. About that, yeah. The only other thing is that they had this really cool idea, but they kept coming back to it in ways that was almost a little bit too hitting me over the head and not really saying anything new about it is this idea of choice being an illusion they have these a lot of scenes where someone will say well i could have done this or this and someone will say so not much of a choice and i like that idea where it's almost kind of like how a catch-22 you don't really get a choice because both it's like a lose-lose or something like that Mm -hmm. and there were several examples of that which made me feel like that was what they wanted to say about choice in this movie And maybe that, you know, if we're going off of that trans video we watched, maybe that's even deeper. Like, you know, we don't choose to be who we are. That's just who we are. But it didn't, it like didn't go all the way. It just kept doing these kind of little superficial ways to point it out. Could have been cool. I like that idea of is it free will or is that like our destiny? Because my my reading of this movie is that it, it, you you do still have choice. Yeah. Because they get out. Yeah. Yeah. By their own volition. Mm-hmm. But again, and I said this about Reloaded and Revolution. Revolution. That is what it's called. Uh, um, <laughs> Too many R's. I'm confused. It just doesn't do something new. It just is redundant. Yes. More than yes. anything. Well, that's the thing is I feel like Matrix everything. redundant. Yeah. Yeah. We made that joke, didn't Did we? we? Yeah. It, I was like, it was something like that. Anything interesting in this movie, except for maybe a couple... Okay, not anything interesting. The interesting messages or morals that you can pluck out of this movie already existed in the first one. So what was the point? I understand that there's some things maybe you wanted to show us, but you didn't tell us anything new. Mm -mm. It feels like it was written really fast. Yeah. I mean, like we said, they just took the first the quote easy options on every writing choice Mm -hmm. rather than taking a second to think about something that would make more sense can you say something nice about the movie yeah um or did you have more things you wanted no that was all the stuff about that um did you have things you wanted to say maybe it'll spark spark for me i have a few things okay you go first there's this one piece of music that i really like and it plays when neo is following bugs into through the door and okay. it also plays when Neo and Trinity are mm. reaching for each other. It's this really 
it's this orchestral theme that is just building and building and building and then reaches the climax when they touch. And I I think it's, it made that, it assisted that moment. Like the idea of NPH controlling bullet time. I just Mm. don't love that scene. I like the look of the movie at sometimes, sometimes I don't. I like (laughs) the whole team and their glasses and leather garb walking in. Yeah. I guess there's not really a lot of leather. It's just more black. Just black, yeah. But that, that... she was wearing like a cool blazer. Mm-hmm. The one girl. I like the dude with the white hair. Oh yeah. Yeah, he looks cool. That's it. Well, going off of soundtrack, I love the the trailer song that also plays in the movie. The mm-hmm. one pill makes you larger. That song. <laughs> Something else that I really liked that I pointed out is I I think the idea of using mirrors instead of phones is really cool and clever. And it gives you, especially because payphones don't exist, it gives you, well, they exist, but like not really. It gives you more of an opportunity of when you can, where you can travel. And it is able to bring back the the whole like liquid mirror thing from the first movie, which is mm-hmm. a clever way to do that. I wrote down several things I just really liked from that trans video, which it's like, if Lana intended for these things to be true, that's awesome. And I really hope it was cathartic for her. I just don't know if it's this guy's interpretation and not really, you know, intended. But I like the idea of, one, people not leaving the Matrix until later in life. Like, same with people who, you know, don't transition until later in life. And they're wondering, is this even who I really am? And it becomes, like, harder to do when you're older. Like, mm-hmm. same same idea. And I like the thought of when Trinity has that scene where she talks about her husband laughing at her, the guy described it as, like, a coming out attempt. Mm-hmm. And if you come out to someone and they dismiss what you're saying is your reality, it would feel like that. Where you're saying, no, this is who I am. And they're saying, no, it's not. So I thought that was really cool. And if that's real, like if she really meant for it to be that kind of symbolic thing, that's awesome. And then the other thing, which we already said, but I just really, I do really like that coffee scene. Mm -hmm. I think it's very sweet. And there's a part of me that, which is almost a negative, but there's a part of me that thinks that the reason they have so much chemistry is because those two people have just now known each other so long. Keanu and Carrie. Mm -hmm. I feel like they just love each other so much in their lives that now they have like a spark from being like mature. They can bring that real life chemistry. Yeah, in a way they couldn't back then. And I kind of feel like it's just they have a stronger relationship now. But it came across. I thought it was beautiful. There's like a couple other things we touched on we liked, but nothing to get get into. Your comment about the mirrors made me think of something. I kind of like how the operators is shown being in the matrix too yeah yeah that's fun it's a cool idea i think that was it (laughs) (laughs) did you read about the inspiration for this movie no i did not groff says our wonderful parent company warner brothers are gonna remake it with us without us either way so you might as well do it i heard that was true is that true that was apparently that was true and um Lana didn't want to do it for the longest time. And then I think she lost some really good friends and she lost her parents mm. and she was just feeling distraught and not like she had anyone in her life except for Lily. Yeah, um, I was going to say, <laughs> are they okay? No, they're not friends. <laughs> and then when she, she was feeling really sad about missing her parents one night and then she realized that Neo and Trinity were still there Aww. and they could be alive and could be what she wanted them to be. And yeah. so she That's brought them sweet. back. So she can have them. 
I'm happy for her. I really yeah. am. I just didn't like the movie very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she probably made a butt ton of money off of it. So good ah, segue. Stats. What do you think the budget was for this movie? It seemed really high. Was it really high? It was 190 million dollars, wow. which is more than those previous movies. Yeah. It may be more than the first and third one combined. Oh yeah, because <laughs> the, the third first one was cost like sixty, right? Yeah, and the third one was a hundred and ten to hundred and fifty. That's a lot of money. Yeah, which does like End Game cost? Do you know? Four hundred million. Okay. Or four fifty. Okay, I was like, it's not like as much as those, right? Okay. No, that was for some reason. I think an Infinity War cost more, but hmm. I, I don't know. I haven't seen the books. How much do you think it made? I don't know. I don't know how they factor in HBO Max. And then everyone got Omicron. I feel like, I kind of feel like it didn't make a lot. But I, I still feel like they're making bucks off it. I don't know. Throw out a number. 100 mil. It made $148 million worldwide. And okay. theatrically, that is that is a flop. Yeah. I don't know how it did on HBO Max. But with Dune, there was all this... There was, there was stuff about the HBO Max viewership of Dune mm-hmm. justifying them releasing it on HBO Max. And gotcha. there hasn't been that with this movie. Well, I mean, it is it is honestly very unfortunate. Like, I saw Dune in a fucking packed theater. I don't know if this is, like, too personal for your listeners, but we were going to see this on December 23rd. Mm-hmm. Speaking and, of Omicron. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I got Omicron, and so we couldn't go until later, which makes me feel like this new wave of COVID really fucked up their viewership, which is kind of unfair. Well, it, And so everyone was watching it at home, because why wouldn't they? But Spider-Man also made $1.5 billion. Yeah, I mean, that was also right before people were dropping like flies. That is true. I probably got it two days after I saw No Way Home. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in a back theater too. Yeah. I did wear a mask the whole time. Yeah. But I don't know. If you if COVID didn't exist, how do you yeah. think this movie would have done? I don't uh, see. I you think, think people would have had the same reaction to. <laughs> I think Christmas is such a big factor for a movie like this. And I feel like Christmas normally would have been the saving grace of this movie. But then if Christmas gets canceled for one family, how many tickets is that losing them? I don't know. That's rough. Yeah. You but think also, word of I mouth think... would have been really bad too? Probably. But also, like you know, like every dad in the universe is like, who cares? I'm going to go see that. It's a Matrix movie. I know. Courtney, you know, my dad liked it. Courtney's... <laughs> and Courtney's dad saw it. Yeah. So that's two dads. <laughs> that's like, that's a view. We count that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make Kimmy's dad see it. But yeah, that's that's the Matrix Resurrections. Um, I was really bummed the first time. Not as bummed the second time, but still don't love it. Yeah. Uh, if I were to give it a star rating, it'd probably be a two mm. out of five. I'd probably give it a nice two and a half. I feel like there's enough things I like about it. And even though some of the visual stuff we said isn't as nice to look at, when I think of the other Matrix movies, sometimes I'm just like, oh, they're just green. And this one, I'm like, it's so vivid. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me think I would reach for this on the shelf maybe before two and three. Interesting. But also, I don't know when I'm going to watch two or three again next. No, those... <laughs> It'll probably be a lot. Like when I'm showing my kids the Matrix or something, I'll be like, all right, <laughs> we can watch the fucking sequel. Let me tell you guys a story. Yeah. I'll be a chance so you by would, then. So you would show Resurrections 
why not interesting so yeah that's that's the matrix we, there it is that's that's every matrix movie that that finishes off our please for endeavor. the love of god stop making them i'm not i'm not coming back okay well so i i saw someone have a good point of obviously you're not going to do a good live action thing so just make more animatrix yeah make more vi- make a good new ch- video it's game fucking cheaper too yeah make but. me a ps4 game not ps5 i don't have one <laughs> <laughs> well kayleen thank you so much for uh coming back for of matrix course. resurrections we kept our blood packed do we have uh some witty banter to end the episode on i'm trying to think of any line from the new one that's memorable simulate that was really funny. I that's, thought that was pretty funny. That's a clever name. I really want the decoration they have in the office where it's just Matrix lights falling down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like a small version. This is your Shababes signing out. Bye, Octocles. Bye, Octocles.